The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good afternoon, Hootball Mavs and Mavs Nation. Welcome to the Hootball Mavericks podcast. Again, I'm back, your forever grateful host, Lawrence Brooks. Um, we're going to talk about everything Mavericks as it pertains to the preseason. But again, I wanted to bring another special guest with us um, as we get ready to wrap up the season. I've been trying to pull in everybody that's that's in love with the Mavericks and what they have going on and people who are close to the team. We have another person who has this pulse on the team and is always tweeting about something Mavs related, always has a funny meme, always has something related to the Mavericks that makes you laugh or just in, in general gives engagement, which is something I love and has been a great follow. We have Mavs Reddit on with us and he is here to talk about everything Mavs. How are you, Thomas? I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, today was my last... Uh, day before christmas break or winter break uh i'm a teacher in real life so nice yeah. nice um so speak to us a little bit so the mavs reddit account there's over eleven thousand followers which clearly you have a good amount of people that loves to hear what you're talking about give us a little bit of a background so i know you've been a hoop fan since you were six and you've been a mavericks fan since you were 10 um Give us a little background on when you took when you took over this account, or if you started this account, and how did it blow up? Um, so I took over. So originally, it was um, it was ran by people from Reddit. So like the moderators or like people who like control, I guess, like the actual subreddit. Um, no offense to them because I love them. Uh, they just weren't good at engagement. Um, you know, like. They'd post here and there, but I was like, man, if you if you really want to try to get something going, like you gotta, you know, do it all the time, all the time. Um, so I kind of asked one day on a whim. I was like, hey, um, can I get like, can I just get access for it, you know, for a few games, you know, like the Mavs weren't good, you know. I mean, they were okay, but like we weren't like title contenders at the time. So I was like, hey, let's just let me tweet a little bit, just like kind of be dumb or whatever. Um, and uh, this was like in 2016, I think, because the account started in 2015. Um, so I started tweeting from there, you know, would post memes or like post, uh, stuff from the subreddit. Um, you know, and it kind of blew up from there where like, I started getting attention from like people who work for the Mavs or like, uh, writers and stuff like that. Or, um, to the point where like Mark Cuban follows the account now, which is a little weird, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, cause it's Mark Cuban, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's been kind of cool. Like, you know, I just, I do it like on a whim, like I just do it for fun, uh, you know, people are always, oh, you got to learn how to monetize. You got to learn how to monetize. And I'm like, I really don't want to. You know, like, I've had people come up to me like, hey, like, will you tweet this, you know, for a certain amount of money? And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to be a sellout, like, actually a sellout. So, uh, but uh, it just kind of blew up just because I, I just post memes. I'm just very, I realize, like, I'm very consistent and, like, kind of, a little bit competitive about it. Or it's just like, okay, like, I got to think of, like, the best meme or I got to do this, you know, or I got to, you know. Um, I'm not so much about like actual in analytic takes on the on the on it just because um like I love basketball, like, I love it, you know, like 
but I feel like if I'm too analytical on things, like it ruins it for me. You know, when in reality, like I I started loving the game because I would watch Michael Jordan dunk. You know, like that's literally the only reason why I started getting into the started getting into uh into basketball. You know, and then you know once uh Michael retired and um you know my cousin was like, hey man, there's like this guy on the Mavs. He's a German dude. You know, probably doesn't speak English, but he seems really good. Like, he seems like he, he's going to be good someday. I'm like, okay, like, might as well, like, you know, because I was oh, when Michael retired, I was like, who am I going to follow now? Or, like, am I really going to follow, like, a team? Because I didn't really like the Bulls. I just liked Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <Like> Most. <laughs> yeah, I know, like most people. So, so I was like, okay, so, you know, I started following the Mavs, you know, went to, like, one or two games, you know, at the arena, arena um, before they moved over to American Airlines Center. Um, and it kind of went from there. So nice. That is an awesome story. And, you know, big salute to you for just doing it out of love. It's it's just for the strength of the game, for the love of the game, for the passion you have for the Mavericks. And that's that's rare. A lot of people, you know, um, especially in these days and times are trying to monetize everything. And they say if you do something well, you shouldn't do it for free. But that's not always the case. You know, some people just do things out of pure enjoyment. Um, and I and I know that firsthand and secondhand speaking to you, I know other people who are the same way. And um, kudos to being a teacher as well. My younger sister is also a teacher and um, and she's excellent. And, you know, we just can't say enough about our teachers these days, because with the way everything is going, yeah. uh, we need as many positive influences as we can get. But I'll get off of that side of things and um, keep it very uh, Mavericks related and very basketball. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And that is an excellent background story. Before we get into Mavericks, um, let me let you all know, for everyone out there, HoopBall is promo time. This is a huge, huge week, huge deal for us at HoopBall because all of our 2021 NBA preseason products are finally for sale. Stick with me here because there's a lot to go over, but we almost never push our HoopBall products. And this is a window during this year where we need to power the engine. Here's what's out. The draft guide for all of you that play fantasy. The draft guide is what you need. It's our flagship, our shining beacon, our most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know about the Brewski 150, you need to know now ASAP. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years. Yes, 10 straight years. And new for this year, HoopBall is unveiling our monthly membership plan. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the Fantasy Pass, which includes the Draft Guide, the Brewski 150, the also new DFS Pass, and all of our new in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own if that's your thing. We have the new Wager Pass for sports bettors who want picks and analysis, and we have the HoopBall 360. That thing has all the stuff above plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. Head over to hoop-ball.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now to learn more and get yours. Okay, so Thomas, we'll start out just by, <clears throat> excuse me, just by a preseason roundup. What, yeah. is, what, are your, what are your impressions on the preseason, your thoughts, uh, question marks, surprises, uh, disappointments? Just give me kind of your view on the preseason and maybe things you were looking for that maybe you didn't see, maybe some things you did see. Um, for me, I was looking at the defensive side of things because I know going in, uh, throughout the off season, it has been very clear that they put a 
a premium on the defensive side of the ball, adding a bunch of wings that give them a lot of versatility. And so I wanted to see how that translated over into this season because I know with them having an all-time great offense last year, um, moving some pieces around, bringing in some different guys, obviously you don't want to compromise too much of what your identity is, which is high-level offense. But you knew defensive, bringing in some of these defensive guys, the offense may drop a little, but if you can add a little more defense while dropping some, I mean, there's no shame in dropping from the all-time best offensive rating in basketball to <laughs> to whatever they drop to now. I mean, they're, they're not going to fall off that much because the engine is still Luka and he's still there playing at a high level. But for you, um, give me share me your thoughts on the preseason and, and how you felt about it. So preseason was kind of weird for me just because it was like, oh, we play, you know, we play uh, the Bucks twice, you know, away and then, you know, play one game here. And I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a weird year, <laughs> obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, well, I also was looking at the defensive schemes and kind of seeing like how guys like, you know, Josh Richardson, you know, or James Johnson, you know, you know, or even like Willie Clay Stein, who, you know, only played a handful of games last season, how like they would do like, coming back or you know signing here for the first time um another thing i was really looking into was how the rookies were going to do because we all know rick and uh rick isn't you know rick really doesn't like to play his uh you know rookies um historically doesn't like to play his rookies uh this year i noticed like the first game like definitely gave you know a lot of the rookies and plus like wesley windu some minutes um I think more just kind of see what they did with them, uh, you know, because there might be nights where, you know, this season where due to the current circumstances, they may have to, you know, pull a rookie like Josh Green may be getting like way more minutes than he normally would be or like Tyler Bay or whoever, you know, maybe getting these minutes. Um, so I think just I think them, I think Rick seeing kind of seeing like how they did um, for that first game anyway, because they really didn't play too much in the second game or third game, you know, until it was basically like the game was you know, in the fourth quarter, basically. Um, and more or less, it was, you know, wrapped up, except for yesterday, last night's game, which was a whole other mess. Um, but, uh, yeah, that mess with that game was not the best. Um, but, uh, you know, just kind of seeing um, kind of what they can do. And uh, I like Josh Green a lot. Uh, I liked, you know, I was, he was one of the guys where I was like, okay, like, he was a guy that I, I didn't know that we were going to pick, like, I swore that we we're going to get Sadiq Bay or Des- Desmond Bain with that uh, yes, first round pick. Those are I, definitely my initial hopes. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, yeah, and I was like, okay, we got Josh. We got Josh Green. Okay, I don't know who this kid is really. You know, I had to defer to, uh, to Mavs Draft, another, uh, another uh, Twitter account that uh, if you don't follow him, like, you have to follow him. But, uh, oh, I do. I do. Yeah. I, I definitely want to have him on the pod at some point. Yeah. Oh, you do? He's oh. so great. He's great. But, uh, but yeah, you know, he was – he was like, hey, man, like Josh Green is good. Like he was one of the guys that I wanted them to get. And I was like, OK, like, you know, uh, 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 Mavs draft has a uh, he has a record, he has a record of more wins and losses, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to comes to hitting on on players. So, uh, you know, Josh Green, I was OK, like I noticed that Josh Green doesn't have um, his offensive abilities in there. But just like I never like again, like I don't ever really look at the analytics side of this of the game, like. Usually when I'm watching a game, like I'm not even looking at like the off ball stuff, but because Josh Green is so interesting to me, like because he is supposedly a plus defender, I want to see how he did. And he basically like did everything I, I I think you needed to do, especially as a rookie, you know, rookie guard, you know, rookie guard forward kind of weird, you know, tweener 
And uh, he, you know, defensively, he is really, really good, you know, for the most part. He yeah. has a few moments where I think, you know, he might be a little bit too too aggressive on the defense where, you know, he may foul, he might get a few stupid fouls here and there. But, um, yeah, mostly him. And I, you know, I'm still, I'm really interested in seeing how Tyrell Terry and Tyler Bay do. Um, those two guys... You know, more of shoot, more of shooters. Um, you know, Tyro Terry's a little little undersized in today's NBA at six two, um, which is weird because undersized. But uh, you know, because I think you know, because again, like we we drafted or signed a bunch of guards or a bunch of forwards, basically. You know, guys from six five through six eight, basically, who you know, are kind of be around Luca as shooters, as like a bunch of three and D, three and D guys around him. Um, by looking at Tyro Terry and Tyler Bay, like. I can definitely tell like those guys are gonna need a little bit more time to you know get those again the offset understand the game, understand how Rick wants to do, you know, the the systems and stuff like that. Um it's gonna come. You know, I don't think, you know, um especially one of those guys basically broke the IQ test, apparently, you know, yeah. for the for the NBA NBA rookies or whatever. But uh, you know, I think it's gonna come eventually. Like I don't, you know especially, you know, this again, as I was saying earlier, like this year is so weird because like there probably are going to be times where, you know, whether because a condensed season or because of COVID or whatever, like, you know, guys are going to be like, are going to have to, you know, take a seat back. And these guys are going to have to, you know, step up and we're going to see some weird lineups. I'm pretty sure, you know, like, yeah, we're like, Oh, Tyler Bay starting for some reason or Tyler Terry, you know, Tyrell Terry is starting or something like that. Or, you know, I think out of those three guys, I think Josh Green is the guy who is most, who's going to be most polished coming in, you know? And it's weird because again, we're not, they're not really an off season. They had like a week and a half of training, you know, mm-hmm. and then three, three, you know, games. And I think every team is going to be dealing with that anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think that, I think those two things, you know, just the rookies and then kind of our defensive mindset. Um, and when it goes back to the offense, how you're saying how like there might be a drop off and there might be like, we might not be first. We might be like third or fourth, you know, right. because we have Luca, you know, and then when KP comes back, you know, that's just another cog that's going to be, you know, it's Luca's team at the end of the day, but KP is a guy who can go off any minute. Um, Tim Hardaway, you know, because, you know, because defenses are mostly worrying about Luca or KP, like he's another guy who can like, who can have a night where he just goes off or even like Josh Richardson, I think. I think Josh Richardson has a has a chance to be like crazy good with us. Um, he might. I know last year, like I've been talking to some friends who are Sixers fans, they're saying how you know last year, like the you know the team wasn't really built in a way that were strength where where he could have his strengths. You know, if we see like Heat when he was playing for the Heat, like Heat, you know Josh Richardson, I think we're gonna have like a crazy crazy offense, even if we're missing you know, a Seth Curry or whoever, you know, who we had to give up to get Josh Richardson. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and something I've touched on is talking about um, fit. And I think for any player, I think situation is everything, right? So with Josh Richardson last year, he was playing with a ton of guys that that do not, um, that don't give you floor spacing. And for a player like him who can shoot the ball, who can be a playmaker for you at times, that was hurting his ability to be efficient. So while he made shots, he also struggled with some injury. So, you know, all it takes is for one season for people to kind of forget about what a guy might have brought into the table um, 
in his previous time. And like you mentioned, with Miami, he was a really good player. He was a guy on the rise, and he was someone they were a little reluctant to let go, but at yeah. the direction they were going, they had no choice but to just let him go. But they did not want him to not be wearing a Miami uniform. It's just kind of the way the business went. And so, you know, fast forward now to the Mavericks getting him, they're going to get a, a version closer to what the Miami Josh Richardson yeah. was as opposed to what he was in Philly. And hopefully he can continue to stay healthy. He's looked tremendous throughout the free preseason. Um, he's shooting like 70-something percent from three, which obviously yeah. that's been <laughs> for an entire year. But it just gives you a preview of the of his capabilities um, when he's in a role where he can thrive. And that's something that Rick Carlisle, I feel like he does a lot, is maximize the ability of his role players. And even last year, I can't recall another time where a team or an organization has gotten so much out of their complementary pieces. And that's something that it was it was fun to see because, like I mentioned, with situation being everything, you get guys playing out of place. You get guys who don't necessarily get the shots they need. You get guys who are maybe um, disgruntled for one reason or, or another. There's some uncomfortable um, aspects to what they're doing, but it seemed like everyone was in a comfortable role. Everyone was able to thrive. And I was, and I've been a, a huge Seth Curry fan. I mean, between Mavs uh, yeah. and Hoopball Mavs, they know throughout my podcast I've spoken glowingly of Seth Curry and was not really a fan of him leaving. But I understood what they had. They had to do what they had to do, and it's kind of like addition by subtraction. So while you do get, you do lose. You know, he's not the shooter that Seth Curry is, but what he gives the Mavericks on the defensive end plus his ability to shoot, plus his ability to be a secondary playmaker, I think will pay big dividends for this team moving forward, especially when you get in late game situations where it gets really predictable with Luka having the ball and them not having any type of variation out of yeah. what they're going to do other than giving him the basketball and having him create. So having someone else on the floor like that, on top of the fact that you, know, you can put him in amongst the other wings on guys situationally, in the fourth quarter when it's late that when they can actually get stops because anyone who's been watching the Mavericks, especially last year, did not feel confident that they could close out games yep. with the with the lineups they had on the floor simply because they just couldn't get stops. So they had to outshoot everyone from the from jump ball to the, the final horn. And that's yep, just exactly and that's just extremely hard to do and extremely hard to maintain that level of productivity on offense for an entire year when your legs get tired. Um, the games are coming fast as you can, you know, so fast that sometimes you don't even know who you're playing next game. Um, it just, it, it's just really hard when you, the, the, the possibility of, of just shots going in at that frequency um, is unsustainable. So I was happy to see what they did with those guys. And I, and I like how they've looked in the preseason playing together. They look, they look cohesive. They look comfortable. You know, obviously there's some, you know, there's some um, trial and error going on where he's, where Carlisle's mixing up different personnel groupings. But for the most part, everyone has looked fine. And to your point, talking about the um, the rookies, I liked how they've looked as well, too. I don't know how much they'll be able to contribute. I know, um, you know, Tyrell Terry, he's behind Jalen Brunson and Trey Burke, which they're both, from the looks of things in the rotations, they're going to be the backcourt coming off the bench. Yeah. So unless there's a COVID situation or, or a load management situation, um, or even just an injury situation, he might not get consistent minutes this year. I see consistent minutes coming from Josh Green. 
I don't know how much of it is true up to right now, but I know they brought in Wes Awundu, and he has yeah. necessarily been the backup two or three. Josh Green has come in, and he's played well. I mean, he's he's done as well as you can expect for a rookie to come in and do, considering the condensed offseason, no summer league to kind of get some of that development and some of the and some of the nuances that you you might pick up. I know they say summer league isn't necessarily NBA basketball, but what it is for these rookies is an opportunity to get acclimated to the pro game and the nuances of how the coaching staff wants you to play, what the style of play is, um, the expectations, and the, and just an overall feel for being on the floor with pros, even though they might not be the pros they will see on a nightly basis, you still can kind of, you know, find your way so to speak so now they have to do it kind of you know with live bullets so to speak they they have to learn on the fly the development will be on the fly but early on if josh green can hit the corner three which he did well at arizona he shot and he shot i think in the high 30s if he can continue to do that for this team while also providing some uh defensive punch and it seems like he might even be a slasher i didn't realize that he can slash to the basket well i didn't know that either (laughs) but you know throughout these games with the floor being so spaced out that is opportunity for him to just find his way and get six to eight cheap points on a nightly basis or every other game because whatever he can provide will just be a plus and i know they're going to make an effort to get him in games considering he was a first round pick and he's someone that they they view highly um into their plans so overall i was i was pleased with what i saw Obviously, the final uh, preseason game was just kind of a mess. It went into overtime. Who wants to see preseason overtime anyway? <laughs> but um, <Yeah. laughs> were there any surprises? Because for me, that was kind of the surprise. I think Josh Green played um, surprisingly well for me because I've been kind of hesitant with him. Not that I wasn't a fan when he was drafted, but I wasn't necessarily sold that he's who the Mavs should have taken. So yeah. I was a little surprised by him. Also with Tyler Bay. I felt like I felt like he came in seasoned on the defensive end, and that has translated immediately. Like he looks like a guy who can hold his own on defense, even if he's getting minutes as a rookie. Um, obviously, you're not trying to sick him on a Harden or a um, or any of the other elite wings, a Kawhi Leonard or anything like yeah. that. But he looks like he can make things difficult for guys in a pinch or in situations where Carlisle just wants to get him on the floor to get him some minutes. So for you, were there any surprises or disappointments with what you've seen so far? Um, I think one of the things uh, kind of going back is looking at like Josh Green versus Wes Windu. Um, You know, because when Wes came over, I was like, okay, you know, we signed him. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, you know, I have no idea what this, who this guy is because I never really watched uh, Magic Games, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I just know they're a team out there, but uh, um, you know, watch a little bit, of it, watch a little bit of his tape. You know, um, I know it seemed like Magic fans were really upset that he was gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they just liked him, and uh, you know, I expected you know Wesley Windu to kind of you know as of right now like get the minutes above Josh Green, like on that totem pole. Um, and again, Josh Green just, he's been playing well. You know, like I, I think that's I think Rick has, I think after like Luca and Jalen, I think you know. Rick has kind of, he softened a little bit on the whole like rookie thing, mm-hmm. you know, like if a rookie's playing good, like I think he will give them more minutes, you know, the sec- but I still think the second that if Josh Green like has like just a terrible game, I think it's almost reactionary, like looking like as an outsider looking at it, but maybe like 
maybe that was like boiling over. Maybe like, you know, he had already been making little mistakes that I don't see, you know, that we don't see because we're not coaches or, you know, um, you know, I think Josh Green is going to have, I'm not sure how short, how long a leash he's going to get, but I think because he's been playing so well with the second unit, you know, I think um, if, because again, like as of right now, I think Brad Townsend just tweeted like an hour ago that they cut two guys already, you know, so there's another guy who's got, who has to get cut, like I think pretty soon. Um, and assuming that Josh Green and, you know, Wesa Windu, like they say on the on the roster, I think Wesa Windu ends up becoming like the third string guy, you know, as of right now. Um, again, just because Josh Green has been playing so well and I haven't seen Wes Windu do too much, you know, with us, you know, whether it be through like preseason or even like um, training camp footage, you know. Um, I think that's been like the most surprising slash disappointing thing because it seems like I guess for looking from Orlandic Magic, you know, fans' perspective, like those guys are really excited about what someone do, and we're kind of mad that they couldn't keep them. Um, anything I'm trying to think of anything else that like immediately was like, oh, um, or disappointing or anything like that. Um, uh, one big other big surprise I think for me in a positive standpoint is uh, Maxi's uh, shot coming back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, soon, yeah. Like, it looks it looks more put together. Like his shot, it looks. It looks more complete. It looks like it's faster. Um, his release seems faster. I I haven't been able to like kind of look at the tape and like, you know, like uh, compare that. But he just looks more confident with his shot. Um, again, like I don't think he's gonna shoot like sixty percent from three. But you know, just like him being able to put up that shot, like I'm still, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys who's like, I don't know, like why. Like again, because I'm not a really a big basketball mind, really. But like them starting Dwight Powell like over Maxi or uh, Willie Cauley Stein, even Willie Cauley Stein shooting threes was crazy to me. But you know, going back to Dwight, it's just um, I love the guy. Like the guy is great. Like he literally paid off like everyone's like layout lay layaway uh, stuff over at Burlington recently. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know he did that like the other day. You know, but um, you know. I like him and I know, I know the staff loves him. I know the front office loves him, you know, clearly cause he's still getting, you know, the starting, starting minutes, but you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they didn't try to have like other, you know, uh, forwards or, you know, centers like play starting, you know, or play with the starting unit more often. Like mm-hmm. I would have loved to see kind of like what, what Willie Clay sign can do, you know, when he's with a Luca, when he's with, you know, the starting guard, starting people. Cause we all know that once, you know, KP comes back, like, that That shuffles a little bit. Like, Dwight mm-hmm. will end up becoming off the bench. Like, you know, you know, Willie's going to come off the bench anyway. Like, Boban, you know, is going to be like kind of like just like at a, you know, much as I love Boban, like, he's going to be like the, the four-string basically on, you know, right. four-string that big, you know, coming off the bench. Um, You know, so I'm just kind of curious of like what's, you know, because again, Dwight's coming off like a really bad injury, you know, like, mm-hmm. and a lot, of, a lot of his strengths come from his, um, athleticism, which so far it's looked look a little he's looked a little rusty, obviously, because he hasn't played in so long. Um again, these games are like they I don't think I think maybe last night's game, like maybe they're ramping it up to maybe 80%, like to 80%. Like I don't think they're I think they'll ramp it up to 100 percent like probably if not Wednesday on Friday on the Christmas Day game. I think that's when it's gonna be like, okay, like that's a big game. You know, obviously it's against, you know, it's against uh, the Lakers mm-hmm. and it's a Christmas game. But um you know, I'm just curious to kind of see like what um, I'm surprised and interested to kind of see like what, you know, what they do with like that big rotation, you know, until KP comes back. So, 
Yeah, I um, I've been seeing a little bit. I've, I've been seeing a little bit of the chatter between all the Mavs accounts, and everyone seems to be kind of clamoring for Maxi to be the starter. But for me, I'm kind of on the other end. I actually feel like Dwight Powell is the bet is the well, not necessarily the more suited starter, but mm-hmm. the reason why I like him as a starter is because there's a few things. So I think his rim running ability gives them some great balance in their offensive attack because the floor is so spread. That's easy two points for them, so to speak. Um, he's a guy who can finish at the rim. He's athletic, but he can make a three. He's he's an occasional three-point maker. It, it, you definitely have to respect it. You don't have to close out um, extremely yeah tough on him but if you if you neglect him he can make you pay and so that to me is valuable plus his ability to defend you know other bigs because of his size i I, you know i don't look at him as a defensive stopper but he's a willing try hard type of guy who can can definitely (laughs) um you know hold his own he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be an anchor or you know a rim protector or anything like that but his activity level on the defensive end gives him some value and i like the fact and and like i said and even in the pick and roll situation if maxi starts we know it's a pick and pop every single time there's no question about it with uh, dwight powell i feel like there's a little bit of variation there where you can get him rolling to the basket you can get him as a pick and pop guy um and i think that he can once he gets downhill he can finish at the rim a lot better than maxi does so for me i like the fact that they start dwight powell because then when you add in the fact that Maxie's a better shooter and to, and to touch on what you mentioned earlier, I think it is a welcome sight that his jump shot is back, but I think part of that is do, I mean, and it looks better, but part of the shots going in is the fact that he doesn't have so many, so much defensive responsibility. <laughs> I think him running around having to guard a Kawhi or a Paul George yeah. or, or guard some of these mobile um, stretch fours, I think zaps his legs a little bit and it kind of, and, and he pays for it on the offensive end. So I'm hoping this season, his shot can stay intact because he shot the ball really well early. But as the season went along, I think his legs started to give out because they literally only had Dorian Finney-Smith and himself as guys who you look at and you can actually put a defensive label on. And they act yeah. and, and they expected those guys to play a lot. And, and a lot of times they, they played a little over their head, not necessarily Finney-Smith, but definitely Maxie with who they were asking him to guard sometimes. Yeah. But um but ultimately, I think Dwight, I think Maxi gives them a little more scoring punch off the bench, and what he provides with his three-point shooting, I think that's a little more. I think that's a little better coming off the bench to keep some balance because you already have a ton of scoring in the in on the um on the court with their off. I mean, with their starting five, you already have so many guys that can do things. You can have Maxi bring bring him in off the bench, let his ability shine with the second unit, and keeps and keep a little bit of flow with guys who can shoot. And give you some offensive firepower. So, um, so yeah. So I, I, I think for me, I, I'm a little bit on the other end for guys that you know feel like, hey, we should start Maxi and bring Dwight off yeah. the bench. I think Dwight <laughs> gives them a little more balance. Um, we'll get into player breakdowns and kind of a preview of Game One. But before we do that, let me speak to everyone about my bookie. Whether you're a first time customer or have been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, get paid. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code HOOPBALL to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200, they'll match you with another 100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, 
or this week or whenever this is free betting money it's winning season at my bookie so come join in on the fun win some cash while you're at it and we have hoopball gaming who also gives betting a bunch of different lines a bunch of a bunch of insight that can help you win as well you all should be following there too so um so player breakdowns um preview of game one um for me the way i see it i think the phoenix suns are as close to a twin as the mavericks can have i mean you have luca tim hardaway jr josh richardson dorian finney smith dwight powell who looks like they're the projected starting lineup that's who started in the preseason i'm assuming that's who they will play um <clears throat> starting the, um on december 23rd when they play phoenix phoenix's starters are chris paul devin booker Mikael bridges jay crowder deandre Ayton. all of those guys kind of fit the same mold obviously devin booker and you know tim hardaway jr aren't the same player in the sense that yeah. devin booker is just clearly the better player on several levels but you know shooting wing shooting style wings who can create a little bit and these are almost mirror images of each other with obvious variations in talent level um what is kind of what do you see in the potential rotations um is there anything you see as a mismatch that maybe we should be concerned about um kind of what's your what's your preview of game one in terms of matchups because i think right now the mavericks match up really well with with phoenix um obviously with aiden and booker being their two anchors i think that the i think the mavericks shouldn't have a ton of problems with them but at the same time they pose an issue for sure and then luca against cp3 at this point in chris paul's career he's more he's more brainy than he is athleticism <laughs> and so yeah. uh, and luca has an extreme size advantage so it'll be interesting to see who they put on luca i'm assuming they probably play uh, Mikael Bridges on him just because of the size factor. But what do you see in this lineup and in the in the player rotations in terms of how this game should look for us in game one? So I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, like Devin Booker is obviously their best scorer, like, you know, on that team. Like, dude's like transcendent. Like, I saw what he did in the yeah. bubble and, you know, just I came, with a, came with a mission. And I think this, like, you know, the Suns are going to be fun this year. Like, I don't know. I have them penciled into the playoffs somewhere, probably somewhere like on the lower tier, but you know, they're probably, they're going to be a fun team this year. And uh, I think a lot of that's going to do with like, kind of like they have a kind of a big three when it comes to Devin Booker and Aiden and, uh, and Chris Paul. Um, I think, I feel like, you know, you have to put uh Jay rich onto Devin Booker, like to start, you know, like as a defensive team. Just, yes. <laughs> like just because like, you know, Jay rich is, easily our best like guard defender basically they brought um, him here for this this is exactly, exactly. what they got him here is to, exactly it's, it's these type of assignments it's like you have to have him on there um i think you know unfortunately like again like as you said earlier like dwight you know he isn't the best defender you know he tries hard he definitely tries hard like you know um mm -hmm. sometimes looks sometimes looks a little goofy but you know um you know i think aiden's just i think aiden's gonna eat him alive you know um whenever if if they're matched up together um as of right now that's kind of you know until, you know, unless, you know, we put bring the bench in earlier or something like that and have, you know, um, Maxi on him a little bit more. But again, going back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, like, and of course, it's the first game, the first game of the season. So it probably won't be too bad, but you do have to eventually like look at, you know, like how tired are you making Maxi like towards the end of it, you know, towards the end of the season or towards, you know, like there's come a certain point where you are going to have to like look at that and kind of see like, okay, like, 
And maybe, you know, you never know, like, by that point, towards, like, the middle of the season or end of the season, like, the team may look different, you know? Like, you never mm-hmm. know what Donnie Nelson's going to do. Um, again, like, looking at the KP trade and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely, like, having uh, – I think having Jay Rich on Devin is going to be a huge, you know, huge advantage for us. Um, he's just – he knows how to get under people's skins and, you know, kind of makes them mad. <laughs> so, and he um, has the size. He has the size to bother him. Yeah, exactly. You know, um you know, I think when it comes to Chris Paul, though, you know, Chris, you were saying earlier, Chris Paul, is, he's super brainy. Like, he's just, he's all cerebral at this point, you know? Like, mm-hmm. no more really less him. He's an old guy. You know, he's the old dude, like, at the rec now at this point. And, uh, you know, he, you know, but he knows where to pick his spots. You know, like, he is, like, the mid-range, like, king. You know, like, he killed us last year. You know, like, that one game where he just, like, destroyed us. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Um, and uh, I think he will be able to pick his spots, like, he, they call him the point god for a reason. You know, he still can dish it out, you know, especially if you have a, especially if you have a, a Mikael Bridges or if you have a, you know, um, if you have a, a, a Devin Booker, you know, like those guys can shoot, you know. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting, though. Like, you know, like Tim Hardaway Jr., I think, like, you know, whoever he's on, like, he he's, he's a capable defender. You know, he can defend, you know. Like, I think when he was with, like, the Knicks or when he was with Atlanta, like, there was a whole issue of him like not really trying, but right. again, like you got to realize the teams he was on, you know, like mm-hmm. the Knicks, they aren't a good, you know, I don't, I don't try to rag on them too much, but they aren't a good, you know, organization or they weren't, you know, I don't know about this year, but like, yeah, you just stayed in the obvious. It's, it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not yeah. rude to just say what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, like they weren't, a, what you know, they weren't you yeah, they weren't a good organization. So like, why would Tim try if they're not trying, you know, like mm-hmm. if, you know, and he, and, you know, he was also like, he was also the, like the number one option for like a long time on those teams, which was like terrible. Cause yeah. you know, or number two behind KP, you know, it just, it wasn't a good, wasn't a good idea. And um, it looked like empty calories. I mean, but, yeah. but when he got over to the, when he came over to the Mavs, like those points show that, that he can, yeah. he can score on a, on a team that has meaning behind it. He can have meaningful impact exactly. on an organization when he's put in the right position. So it was good to see that. Yeah, you know, and just kind of seeing him, you know, I think like, and I think him kind of taking a step back and being maybe the third best player on the team or the fourth sometimes if Jay Rich just has a, you know, because I, I think between them two, like it's it's a toss up between who is the better quote unquote player between the two. Um, but I think Tim, you know, Tim's a capable defender. I think whoever he's on, like they are going to have like an easy pushover, you know, I think pushover over Tim. I think especially even off the bench, like, you know, Dorian coming off the bench, like Maxi coming off the bench, like, you know, um, Josh Green coming off the bench. Defensively, like, we're going to be set. Like, we're going to be yeah. okay. Like, I think we have enough firepower and enough defensive presence to not lose against the Suns, which has kind of been our MO for, like, a long time for some reason. Like, we just don't do well against them, yeah. you know? But I think this year, I think this year might be a little different. I think, like, it's like, yes, they added, you know, Jay Crowder and they added Chris Paul and then, a couple other pieces, but I think like we have the defensive, you know, um, defensive guys, you know, to kind of, to put an end to that, to put a stop to that. Like, yeah, Chris Paul's probably going to get a few like mid rangers up. Um, he's going to find guys who are more or less open, you know, um, between, you know, uh, Devin Booker and even Aiden, you know, Aiden can, Aiden's a good, you know, he's a great, um, you know, post presence, you know, you know, yeah. which, you know, we're going to struggle with, you know, until KP comes back, I think a little bit. You know, so I think this first this first game is gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good like barometer because again, you were saying like we do match up really well. I think both teams match up really well with each other. You know, 
it's going to be a dogfight, I think, like throughout the, throughout the game, and it's going to be fun. You know, um, it's only one game. You know, one game out of seventy two. Um, yeah. Shouldn't matter too much, but it would be nice to get a win to start off the season, just because you know I just I do have Suns fans who follow me, and they do talk crap. You know, like if we lose or like you know, and I'll do like on occasion I'll do like bets, you know, like you know donation bets, like hey, like if we win, like you have to donate ten dollars to this Dallas organization or whatever, you know. Um, those are always fun to do, and I'm excited to do that again this year. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, I do think that overall we do have the defensive mind enough to we have the defensive presence both on both on the bench and on the starting, and also like just like the guys who were coming who are coming off the bench. Like we have Trey Burke, who is not a good defender at all, but he is like mini AI. Like you know, like he'll get his shots up. You know, Trey Burke is like Allen Iverson, like light. You know, yep. James Johnson coming off the bench is going to be great. You know, like, we saw what he can do. Like, he's a good facilitator. He can defend. Like, he's not just, like, a quote-unquote tough guy that, like, was, we were kind of memeing, you know, about, you know, through the, through the offseason because we were bored, you know? Like, yeah. you know, and his you know his nickname is Bloodsport on basketball <laughs> reference, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, I know Josh Green and maybe even Wesley Windu can see some minutes, you know, just as a defensive, defensive people. um Jalen Brunson, I think Jalen Brunson and I'm, I'm interested to see how Jalen Brunson and Trey Burke do together, like basically as like the one and two, mm-hmm. you know, as a very small, like a small, a small one and two, you know, but um, yeah, I'm interested to see how they do together. I think this will be a good game to kind of do it too, because I know like, at least with like Chris Paul, Chris Paul is also very small, you know, even though yeah. he is like a defensive, he is an offensive genius, you know, like I'm just interested to see kind of like how all these guys do together and uh. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good test because I know game two is against you know the Lakers. So yeah, and that's never easy. So yeah, absolutely. So but this yeah. will, I think this will this will be a good barometer because I think oh my dogs I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I think that uh, I think you know the Phoenix Suns are a playoff team. You know yeah. I think I think when you look at it I think we're we're in the top four and they're in the bottom they're in the bottom four. But mm-hmm. you know like it's a good it's a good barometer to kind of see like where we're at and like what we need to do so yeah no i i completely agree i think with the white pal I, I think the one thing about deandre aiden is that he poses an issue with his physicality with his um with his athleticism and his size so in whether if it's dwight pal i could see them throwing maxi in there if dwight picks up you know early foul trouble which is completely uh possible and understandable or even james johnson just another guy who's a big rangy um, athletic guy who can match him maybe athletically maybe no one can match up with his size but but he's as a veteran understands angles understands how to keep him as far away from the basket as possible just those little uh veteran intangibles that's hard to teach if you haven't played a ton of nba basketball on top of the fact that he's kind of been a defensive guy on most of his team so i wouldn't be surprised to see him or maxi early in games on him but as it pertains to the reserves I agree. Jalen Brunson and and Burke as a backcourt will be interesting to watch throughout the season. But one thing I like about it is coming off the bench as a second unit, the opposing team's second unit, it's not like they have a ton of elite playmaking either. Maybe they stagger minutes between guys. So you definitely don't want to have a situation where you have Burke and um, Burke and Brunson on the court at the same time where maybe LeBron and Dennis Schroeder is the Lakers backcourt. Now you have a little bit of, yeah. an issue, but, but that's more rotational than anything. I think Carlisle can, 
identify those type of situations early, figure out some different rotations for a team, and they won't have as much of an issue. But looking at the Phoenix Suns bench, bench, they have Cameron Payne, Etuan Moore, Cameron Johnson. I think that we match up well with those three guys because, you you know, with Etuan Moore, he's, he has a little more size than both of Brunson and uh, Burke, obviously, but he won't necessarily be a guy that you're looking at like, oh, my God, what do we do with him? Then you got Cam Johnson. If uh, Josh Green is playing, I feel I feel comfortable putting Josh Green on him. Um, and then you have Dario and you have James Johnson. Obviously, Bobin won't play unless something happens or they go zone or they need to go big or we get in like extreme foul trouble. So we won't, won't see much of him. And they have a um, Jalen Smith, who's a rookie on for Phoenix, who will probably get some minutes. But for reserve, in terms of the second unit versus Phoenix second unit, I feel good about what they can do and how they can produce against them. I don't see uh, much of an issue. And yeah, like you said, it's only game one of 72, but I liken it to the first day of school. You know, you go, you get your syllabus and maybe the teacher says, you know, our first assignment won't be until next Monday, but it's good to, it's good to get into the syllabus early, familiarize yourself with what's going on. So you'll be ready to go as it pertains to the NBA. Those early games are important because you look down the line and it gets into April and now you're a game or two out or a game or two in or you're fighting for a tiebreaker and it's games like this that you can say well if we would have took that game more serious or if we would have won that game so you want to get as many of these early wins as possible because once teams get going and now they're running on clicking on all cylinders you've now built up a little bit of a cushion for some adversity so to speak where maybe you do have a drop off um in the season with a with a um losing streak or god for sake you know, COVID hits or you hit some injuries, but every team goes through some speed bumps throughout the season. But when you're fully healthy and you're able to go, you want to maximize as much of that opportunity as possible. So I like this matchup for them. And like you said, the Phoenix gives Dallas a ton of issues traditionally. But if there's going to be a game where I think both teams are on even playing field, it's definitely game one with neither team having any, um, any injuries going to this game both teams are full yep. throttle they both should have the opportunity to, to show what they're made of and I, I like the Mavericks chances I mean obviously it will come down to to defense and if there was ever a, a game to see if defense matters it will certainly show itself against a team with Chris Paul Devin Booker and um and uh DeAndre Ayton so I so it, it's gonna be an interesting look seeing um how this game unfolds but i'm ready for the season i'm i, I think that we're in for a good one and, and i'm really anticipating seeing these new additions and some of the young guys because the mavericks are deep i didn't, yeah. I didn't oh, see yeah. them this deep but they are a really deep team obviously it, it's on paper so now we just need to see it materialize on the court but personnel wise they have two of everything you can't replace luca or, or Porzingis, obviously but in terms of all of their complimentary guys and people that you can fill in for different roles they have a plethora of everything so i'm really yeah. excited um to see this season get started um but i think that's going to wrap it up i think we we've, we've covered as much as we can all we have now is game one yeah. So, uh, yeah. so so thank you for uh coming on thank you for you know, offering your your viewpoints on the season. Like I say, you're a terrific follow. Um, Mavs Nation is it's been a pleasure to have you. Hootball Mavericks. We got another special guest on here who has been great. Um, and so again, follow at Hootball Mavericks. 
or at Hoopball Mavs. Follow us, subscribe, download on all streaming platforms. Leave us a five star review, please. Um, again, and I'll be at LB Said It on Twitter. That's at LB S A I D I T. Um, and I'll be live tweeting Mavs from there. I'll, I'll make sure to live tweet the Mavericks from our Hoopball Mavs Twitter account as well. Um, thank you all for following us. Where can everybody follow you, Thomas? Uh, you can follow me at uh, <laughs> at Twitter at at Reddit Mavericks R E D D I T Mavericks, and I'm also technically on Instagram under the same thing, but uh, I don't really post. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, either either way, if you guys are following him on Twitter, that's as much as you need because if you're looking for a laugh, you'll get it. If you're looking for information, you'll get it. If you're looking for polls, you'll get it. I, I saw your <laughs> Bowen versus MJ poll, and that is hilarious. And it said 92%. That's definitely credit to all the Mavs fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bowen's <laughs> great, man. Like, oh, he 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 should have his own show. Like he needs it. Bowen is, is a character, man. I love Bowen. And when he gets in, he's always effective. I don't, it doesn't matter what's happening. I'm never looking at his games and being like, oh my God, why is Bobin in the game? He's always doing something that makes yeah, it work. Yeah, I know. It's like a, like a, almost like in case of emergency where it's like, okay, <laughs> break it open so you can, you know, can bring our, bring our uh, secret weapon in. <laughs> but, exactly. But, uh, but again, big thank you to you. Big thank you to Mavericks Nation. Big thank you to who, all the Hootball Mavericks fans out there. Um, again, first game is December 23rd against Phoenix. We will be coming at you all season with recaps, rewinds, early outlooks, impressions. We definitely hope to have you back, Thomas, to talk about the season. We definitely want to have you come on and, um, you know, give us your viewpoints because we definitely love what you have to say. We love you as a follow and um, we'll definitely stay in contact and we'll be coming at you soon. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, thank you guys and um, happy holidays. Let's go Mass. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.